Welcome, friends. This is the Underground Writing Podcast for the week of December 31st, 2018. I'm Matt Malian, Director of Underground Writing, a program offering creative writing workshops in at-risk community settings. And I'm Alvin Shim, producer for the Underground Writing Podcast. On our bi-weekly podcast, we read and discuss a piece of writing from an underground writing student and briefly update listeners about what's happening in the program as a whole. Because we're a creative writing program serving at-risk populations, we do not mention students by name. We hope you enjoy this edition of the podcast. So listeners, we work in places in which people have been speaking but not heard, thus resulting in voices forced underground. Today we'll hear from one of these voices, a student at our site in the Skagit County Community Justice Center, the Salish Sea. We are America. Whitman and Hughes spoke of the beauty of this great land and shook it for its flaws. I live by my love, the Salish Sea. And here I hear all of us sing, be it a darker brother that speaks of dreams or the screams of liberty at the steps of our great front door. Here in this land that was all about liberty, we are free to sing of our own America. This is the home that I love and live in by the Salish Sea. So this is a poem by one of our students at the Skagit County Community Justice Center. We often, over the course of the past year, have used a prompt um, and literature originating in the, the works of Walt Whitman and Langston Hughes. And we've, we've featured one of those pieces, at least one of those pieces on the podcast before. This, I like this poem a lot because it's, a, it's an interesting take on the prompt. So we, we talked about Whitman and his long work, Leaves of Grass, excerpts and sections that really highlight things that he was seeing in America at the time of his writing. And then Langston Hughes came along in the Harlem Renaissance period in the early 20th century, and he did not see himself in Whitman's work. And so he wrote, I too, I too am America. And so we've, we've engaged students with those literature pieces. And also, we want to hear from them their responses. You know, maybe they don't see themselves in Whitman's piece or in Langston Hughes' piece, or, or maybe, you know, some variance thereof. We ask them to respond with, I too, you know, and talk about them, themselves and their views and, and how they see themselves fitting into America. And this student, just of his own accord, inserts this whole section and imagery about living by the Salish Sea. So I'm, I'm not an expert on the Salish Sea, but uh, I'm, I'm just going to read a little here rather than try to riff on it. I'm just going to read from a, a very uh, helpful website called Sea Dock Society. The Salish Sea is one of the world's largest and biologically rich inland seas. Its name pays tribute to the first inhabitants of the region, the coast Salish. The Salish Sea is an inland sea that encompasses Puget Sound, the San Juan Islands, and the waters off of Vancouver, B.C. The area spans from Olympia, Washington in the south to the Campbell River, British Columbia in the north, and west to Nia Bay and includes the large cities of Seattle and Vancouver. Highlights that might be interesting to our listeners, a total number of islands, 419, 3,660 square kilometers, Sea surface area of 16,925 square kilometers. So a big, big area. What are your first impressions? Because you've, you've heard a number of our I2 poems that the students have written, uh, including the ones we've, the one or two we featured on the mm-hmm. podcast. Any thoughts you have on, I don't know, the variants or the 
similarities uh, with, with this piece? Well, we often talk about the, the courage and the vulnerability to proclaim, basically, I exist, which is pretty close to I too. I hear this thing, and here's what I have to offer, aka here's who I am, here's my identity, and the implicit message being I'm valid, I exist, and I, I am legitimate also. This is a story that, you know, I've been in Mount Vernon for five, six years, and I don't know enough about these stories. And I love everything about this. And there's talk about courage. When you hear someone say, I too, I think few people can do that boldly and with as much color as this poem offers. I agree. I agree. And I think um, one of the, th the things that um, I was just looking at the poem here that jumps out to me is the uh, in that fourth line from the end, it says, here in this land that was all about liberty. So the whole poem is in the present tense, and then you get to this line, here in this land that was all about liberty. <laughs> I just think that's a really interesting, and I, I'm, I'm going to assume the student meant to make a point there, mm -hmm. that this land that we have known as a land of liberty, whether in actual fact it always has been that or not, right is now really being across across multi-faceted, let's say, demographics of ages and ethnicities and generations. People are questioning that, especially in today's um, political climate. Mm -hmm. So I, I, that's what I see in that line, was that all of a sudden we've, we've been taken out of the present tense and something has shifted to the past tense. And unfortunately, it's a liberty. And unfortunately, it's a, a more ideal... It's more of an ideal state of our country, um, which, which arguably has passed. I love the poem just for that turn, where you have that, that switch of verb tense and, mm -hmm. and what, what that contains. And the line before that, I hear all of us sing, be a darker brother that speaks of dreams or the screams of liberty at the steps of our great front door. Mm. So there's, there's beauty of this great land in the third line and the fourth line right after, they shook it for its flaws. They know what the stated ambition of this place should be, of this society that it should be. And we're also pointing to the ways that we fall short. That phrase, the screams of liberty, on your first reading, did you think that was good or bad? Screams of liberty, screams for liberty. So the joyful scream for yeah. a freedom, or is it a scream? Well, the first thing I, I think the first thing I picture with that, the screams of liberty at the steps of our great front door, um, more than steps, I thought about the situation down on the border south of us, you know, the, the wall and the border between Mexico and the United States. Mm -hmm. I thought about people standing there crying for liberty. And I guess, too, you know, perhaps there's, there's cries um, of liberty, uh, for those that have su successfully made it across, mm -hmm. let's say, and, and at their own desire to do so. That's only, or that's not only in America. We're seeing that kind of, those screams for liberty at borders all over the world. You know, the immigrant crisis really is not just here. I mean, we, we see in a, in a present, in our present situation here in the States and also here in Washington and locally even. Uh, but it's a, it's a, a worldwide situation is this a patriotic poem i think 
And th- this goes back to, you mentioned earlier, the Baldwin quote that often comes up, loving America greatly mm-hmm. and therefore holding to the fact that one can perpetually critique her. And in that sense, if we take that in a good sense, I, I take that statement by Baldwin in a very positive way. Uh, I, I feel a kinship with that quote. If we, t- if we look through that lens, as it were, I think this is a very patriotic poem because it lists the fact that this student, I think you can, you can glean even beyond what's said, that just the connotations that the student loves America overall, mm-hmm. and particularly when not only America in this macro level, but focusing down on the micro level, loves the Salish Sea area and has really been impacted by it. Also, with, with that great love for this area comes these insights and these, and these hurts that need to be expressed, and so, he, and so the student does. So I, I think it's very patriotic in the sense of ideally kind of what America can be, which is a place of both liberty and freedom of speech where we can critique infringements on that liberty mm-hmm. and try to improve. I think that the third line from the end, here in this land that was all about liberty, we are free to sing of our own America. And the writer of this poem, as much as anybody, uh, some would argue maybe more, is a speaker for America, is, a, is an ambassador for America. And love for a country, love for anything, means seeing all of it and holding it accountable. Yeah, I think, I think that's exactly right. You, it wouldn't be love without that component. And I think love goes beyond love goes beyond mere patriotism. Mm-hmm. I think you can have love of something and still be patriotic, but love goes beyond that. And I think that also, to me, is what Baldwin's quote is about. It's really about, about love and, and the high call for that, which is not softness and, and touchy-feely feelings. Mm-hmm. It's, it's in a calling to an account at times. What's been going on in the world of underground writing? Well, an exciting update. Last time, we recorded our last episode, um, which was released on December 17th. We recorded it on December 6th. And at that time, well, I got home that afternoon, that same afternoon, and the proof copy was delivered to the doorstep in a nice little flat cardboard box of what no one ever tells you. One single book to look through. And just it looks It looked just like what will come out. And uh, I must say beautiful and as i held it in my hands and opened that first page it was an emotional experience seeing that first poem and then looking through the entire book and just realizing uh, the length of time it's taken to get the book squared away and to get the grant and to make it happen and to have all our uh, teaching writers help and all the students help and uh, brilliant editing by um, jennifer morrison hendrix one of our teaching writers and uh, great help by our community collaborator village books Shout out to them um, and their publishing program. And uh, Candy, uh, who's the head of the publishing program there. So that later that afternoon, we, we, after looking through it and everything was fine for the first print run, we, um, we made our first print run order. And so the books are in order. They will arrive by month's end, and we will begin shipping orders uh, next month, January 2019. So listeners, if you haven't bought a copy, please do so. And we'll ship it to you next month. And we do have, uh, we mentioned last time, we have a special offer 
We still have that special offer, uh, Alvin. We do still have that special offer for listeners. Right. So if you'd like to get two copies of What No One Ever Tells You for the price of one, I think, are you saying we can still make this happen? Yeah. Yeah, we can. I guess we can. Let's keep it going. And I'm going to say still not available to you, Alvin. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's my, yep. or, or me for that case. But listeners, if you would like that two-for-one deal, email us at podcast at undergroundwriting.org podcast at undergroundwriting.org and let us know that you listened to this episode uh, and give us some feedback about what you think about the podcast. We'll respond by giving you the two-for-one deal. We here at Underground Writing, uh, Matt and Alvin, we think this is a great January 2019 gift to give someone as a way to ring in the new year. We hope to hear from you. Also, I want to mention, Alvin, that um, and listeners, as, as you probably know by now, uh, either by Facebook or Instagram, uh, the December 19th event that was scheduled with the Washington State Poet Laureate, Claudia Castro Luna, was postponed by Claudia due to an emergency illness in her family. We send our, our best wishes for quick recovery and safe journey for Claudia as she is with family. And we're looking at rescheduling her visit with us in January or February 2019. So stay tuned for details about that. This episode will be released on December 31st, 2018, the last day of the year and last podcast of the year. Keep in mind that you can subscribe to our podcast and have it delivered directly to you via your preferred podcast outlet. Listeners, if you have a moment to spare, we would be so grateful if you'd email us some feedback, email podcast at undergroundwriting.org, or give us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's featured writing is from What No One Ever Tells You, Underground Writing's first anthology of student writing. The book is scheduled for release this month, December 2018. We'll have another episode for you in a couple of weeks. Let us know what you thought of this episode. Send us feedback via our email address, podcast at undergroundwriting.org. Connect with us via our website, undergroundwriting.org. Spread the word about our work by mentioning us on social media. The Underground Writing Podcast is recorded and produced by Alvin Shim in Underground Writing. You can access it via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other podcast outlets, as well as on our website, where we include links of interest connected to items mentioned in each episode. Our current theme music for this podcast is provided by Luis Lopez and the Magnet Leaders Club in the Mount Vernon School District. I'm Alvin Shim. And I'm Matt Malian. Thanks for listening.